chapter ten of the life of washington volume two by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ten inquiry into the conduct of general schuyler burgoyne appears before ticonderoga evacuation of that place of skanesborough colonel warner defeated evacuation of fort anne proclamation of burgoyne counter-proclamation of schuyler burgoyne approaches fort edward schuyler retires to saratoga to stillwater st leger invests fort schuyler herkimer defeated colonel baum detached to bennington is defeated breckman defeated st leger abandons the siege of fort schuyler murder of miss mccrae general gates takes command burgoyne encamps on the heights of saratoga battle of stillwater burgoyne retreats to saratoga capitulates the british take forts montgomery and clinton the fort's independence and constitution evacuated by the americans ticonderoga evacuated by the british seventeen seventy seven while with inferior numbers general washington maintained a stubborn contest in the middle states events of great variety and importance were passing in the north after sir guy carleton had distributed his army for winter quarters in the several villages from the ile aux noix and montreal to quebec general burgoyne who had served under him embarked for england in order to communicate a full statement of affairs in the northern department and to assist in making arrangements for the ensuing campaign the american army having been formed for only one year dissolved of itself at the expiration of that term and could scarcely furnish even the appearance of garrisons in their forts the defence of this frontier was assigned to the regiments directed to be raised in massachusetts new hampshire and the northwestern parts of new york but the recruiting service advanced so slowly and so much difficulty was found in clothing and arming those who were enlisted that it became indispensable to call in the aid of the militia and the plan of the campaign on the part of the british was involved in so much obscurity that general washington deemed it advisable to direct eight of the regiments of massachusetts to rendezvous at peekskill an inquiry into the conduct of general schuyler which terminates to his honor may twenty two the service of general schuyler in the northern department had been more solid than brilliant dissatisfied with his situation and disgusted with the injustice he supposed himself to experience he had for some time meditated a resignation and had been retained in the service only by the deep interest he felt in the struggle of his country for independence so soon as his fears for ticonderoga were removed by the partial opening of lake champlain he waited in person on congress for the purpose of adjusting his accounts obtaining an inquiry into his conduct and supporting those necessary measures of defence in the north which were suggested by his perfect knowledge of the country at his request a committee consisting of a member from each state was appointed to inquire into his conduct during the time he had held a command in the army the arduous services performed by this meritorious officer when investigated were found so far to exceed any estimate which had been made of them that congress deemed it essential to the public interest to prevail on him to retain his commission the resolution which fixed his headquarters at albany was repealed and he was directed to proceed forthwith to the northern department and to take the command of it on his arrival he found the army of the north not only too weak for the objects entrusted to it but badly supplied with arms clothes and provisions from a spy who had been seized near onion river he obtained information that general burgoyne was at quebec and was to command the british forces in that department so soon as they should march out of canada that while ticonderoga should be attacked by the main army sir john johnson with a strong body of british canadians and indians was to penetrate to the mohawk by oswego and place himself between fort stanwix and fort edward burgoyne appears before ticonderoga general schuyler was sensible of the danger which threatened him and made every exertion to meet it after completing his arrangements at ticonderoga for sustaining a siege he had proceeded to albany for the purpose of attending to his supplies and of expediting the march of reinforcements when he received intelligence from general st clair who was entrusted with the defence of ticonderoga that burgoyne had appeared before that place in the course of the preceding winter a plan for penetrating to the hudson from canada by the way of the lakes had been digested in the cabinet of london general burgoyne who assisted in forming it was entrusted with its execution and was to lead a formidable army against ticonderoga as soon as the season would permit 
at the same time a smaller party under colonel st leger composed of canadians newly raised americans and a few europeans aided by a powerful body of indians was to march from oswego to enter the country by the way of the mohawk and to join the grand army on the hudson january twenty two burgoyne reached quebec as soon as it was practicable to sail up the st lawrence and appeared in full force on the river bouquet on the western banks of lake champlain much earlier than the american general had supposed to be possible at this place he met the indians in a grand council after which he gave them a war feast much of the cruelty afterwards perpetrated by the savages has been attributed to this unfortunate officer but justice requires the admission that his speech was calculated rather to diminish than increase their habitual ferocity he endeavoured to impress on them the distinction between enemies in the field and the unarmed inhabitants many of whom were friends and addressing himself to their avarice promised rewards for prisoners but none for scalps it was perhaps fortunate for america that in some instances peculiarly calculated to excite and interest the human feelings these feeble restraints were disregarded after publishing a manifesto at putnam river designed to act on the hopes and fears of the people of the country through which he was to pass he halted a few days at crown point to make the necessary dispositions for investing ticonderoga june thirty from crown point the royal army advanced on both sides the lake keeping up a communication between its divisions by means of the fleet and on the first of july encamped within four miles of the american works a strong party was pushed forward to three mile point and the fleet anchored just beyond the range of the guns of the fort july one the next day they took possession without opposition of the important post at mount hope which commanded in part the lines on the northern side and entirely cut off the communication with lake george the weakness of his garrison induced general st clair to give up this post without a struggle believing it to be impracticable to support it without hazarding a general action he determined to concentrate his force about ticonderoga and mount independence after taking possession of mount hope the british lines were extended to the western side of champlain from the mountain quite to the lake so as completely to enclose the garrison on that side the german division under major-general rydesel which occupied the eastern shore of the lake was encamped at three mile point and had pushed forward a detachment near the rivulet which runs east of mount independence july the besiegers laboured assiduously to bring up their artillery and complete their works sugar hill a rugged mountain standing at the confluence of the waters that unite at ticonderoga which overlooks the fortress and had been thought inaccessible was examined and the report being that the ascent though extremely difficult was practicable the work was immediately commenced and was pressed with so much vigour that the batteries might have opened next day the garrison was not in a condition to check these operations the situation of st clair was now at its crisis only the ground between the eastern run and the south river remained open and this he was informed would be occupied the next day so that the investment would be complete the place must be immediately evacuated or maintained at the hazard of losing the garrison when it should be no longer tenable between these cruel alternations general st clair did not hesitate to choose the first but deeming it prudent to take the advice of a council of war he convened the general officers who unanimously advised the immediate evacuation of the fort evacuation of ticonderoga and mount independence july five preparations for the retreat were instantly commenced the invalids the hospital and such stores as could be moved in the course of the night were put on board the bateau which proceeded under the guard of colonel long up the south river to skeensboro and before day on the morning of the sixth of july the main body of the army directed its march to the same place in the hope of making considerable progress before his retreat should be discovered general st clair had ordered the troops to observe the most profound silence and particularly to set nothing on fire these judicious orders were disobeyed and before the rear-guard was in motion the house which had been occupied by general de formoy was in flames this served as a signal to the besiegers who immediately entered the works the main body of the retreating army was rapidly pursued by generals fraser and rydesel while general burgoyne in person followed the detachment under colonel long 
july sixth the bridge the boom and those other works the construction of which had employed the labour of ten months were cut through by nine in the morning so as to afford a passage for the royal george and inflexible frigates as well as for the gunboats which engaged the american galleys about three in the afternoon near the falls of skeensborough the american army evacuate skeensborough and retire to fort anne in the meantime three regiments had disembarked at some distance from the fort with the intention of attacking it by land and cutting off the retreat of the garrison as well as that of the detachment in the boats and galleys this manoeuvre being discovered the works and bateaux were set on fire and the troops retired to fort anne on this occasion the baggage of the army and a great quantity of military stores were either destroyed by the americans or taken by the british knowing that he could save his army only by the rapidity of his march general st clair reached castletown thirty miles from ticonderoga on the night succeeding the evacuation of the fort the rear-guard under colonel warner halted six miles short of that place having been augmented by those who from excessive fatigue had fallen out of the line of march it amounted to rather more than one thousand men july seven colonel warner attacked by general fraser and obliged to retreat the next morning at five they were overtaken and attacked by general fraser with eight hundred and fifty men the action was warm and well contested in its commencement two regiments of militia which lay within two miles of colonel warner were ordered to his assistance instead of obeying these orders they consulted their own safety and hastened to castletown had these orders been executed the corps which attacked warner would probably have been cut to pieces while the action was maintained with equal spirit on both sides general rydesell arrived with his division of germans and the americans were routed in this action colonel francis several other officers and upwards of two hundred men were left dead on the field and one colonel seven captains ten subalterns and two hundred and ten privates were made prisoners near six hundred are supposed to have been wounded many of whom must have perished in attempting to escape through the woods towards the inhabited country the british state their own loss at thirty-five killed among whom was one field officer and one hundred and forty-four wounded including two majors and five inferior officers it is scarcely credible notwithstanding the difference in arms that in a well contested action the disparity in the killed could have been so considerable it is the less probable as the pursuit was not of long continuance to avoid that division of the british army which had proceeded up the north river st clair changed his route and directed his march to rutland to which place he ordered warner also to retire at rutland he fell in with several soldiers who had been separated from their corps and two days afterwards at manchester was joined by warner with about ninety men from this place he proceeded to fort edward where he met general schuyler after taking possession of skeensborough burgoyne had found it necessary to suspend the pursuit and to give his army refreshment the troops were in some disorder distinct corps were intermingled and his detachments were far apart from each other he determined therefore to halt a few days at that place in order to reassemble and arrange his army july seven colonel long evacuates fort anne and retires to fort edward colonel long having been directed to defend fort anne the ninth regiment of british under lieutenant colonel hill had been detached against that place it being understood that the americans were in some force two other regiments under brigadier powell were ordered to support the first party before the arrival of this reinforcement colonel long attacked the ninth regiment and a sharp skirmish ensued in which the british kept their ground and the advantage was claimed by both parties hearing that a reinforcement was approaching long set fire to the works at fort anne and retired to fort edward july seven at stillwater on his way to ticonderoga general schuyler was informed of the evacuation of that place and on the same day at saratoga of the loss of the stores at skeensborough he had heard nothing from general st clair and was seriously apprehensive for that officer and his army which after the junction of colonel long consisted of about fifteen hundred continental troops and the same number of militia they were dispirited by defeat without tents badly armed and had lost great part of their stores and baggage the country was generally much alarmed and even the well-affected discovered more inclination to take care of themselves than to join the army in this gloomy state of things no officer could have exerted more diligence and skill than were displayed by schuyler having fixed his headquarters at fort edward he employed 
to the utmost advantage the short respite from action which burgoyne unavoidably gave the country between skeensborough and fort edward was almost entirely unsettled was covered with thick woods and of a surface extremely rough and much intersected with creeks and morasses wood creek was navigable with bateau as far as fort anne and military stores of every description might be transported up it he obstructed its navigation by sinking numerous impediments in its course broke up the bridges and rendered the roads impassable he was also indefatigable in driving the livestock out of the way and in bringing from fort george to fort edward the ammunition and other military stores which had been deposited at that place still farther to delay the movements of the british he posted colonel warner on their left flank with instructions to raise the militia in that quarter the hope was entertained that the appearance of a respectable force threatening the flank and rear of the invading army would not only retard its advance but would induce general burgoyne to weaken it in order to strengthen the garrison of ticonderoga while thus endeavouring to obstruct the march of the enemy schuyler was not less attentive to the best means of strengthening his own army reinforcements of regular troops were earnestly solicited the militia of new england and new york were required to take the field and all his influence in the surrounding country was exerted to reanimate the people and to prevent their defection from the american cause proclamation of burgoyne and counter-proclamation of schuyler while at skeensborough general burgoyne issued a second proclamation summoning the people of the adjacent country to send ten deputies from each township to meet colonel skeen at castletown in order to deliberate on such measures as might still be adopted to save those who had not yet conformed to his first and submitted to the royal authority general schuyler apprehending some effect from this paper issued a counter-proclamation stating the insidious designs of the enemy warning the inhabitants by the example of jersey of the danger to which their yielding to this seductive proposition would expose them and giving them the most solemn assurances that all who should send deputies to this meeting or in any manner aid the enemy would be considered traitors and should suffer the utmost rigour of the law the evacuation of ticonderoga was a shock for which no part of the united states was prepared neither the strength of the invading army nor of the garrison had been understood when therefore intelligence was received that a place on the fortifications of which much money and labour had been expended which was considered as the key to the whole northwestern country and supposed to contain a garrison nearly equal to the invading army had been abandoned without a siege that an immense train of artillery and all the military stores had either fallen into the hands of the enemy or been destroyed that the army on its retreat had been attacked defeated and dispersed astonishment pervaded all ranks of men and the conduct of the officers was universally condemned congress recalled all the generals of the department and directed an inquiry into their conduct throughout new england especially the most bitter aspersions were cast on them and general schuyler who from some unknown cause had never been viewed with favour in that part of the continent was involved in the common charge of treachery to which this accumulation of unlooked-for calamity was generally attributed by the mass of the people on the representations of general washington the recall of the officers was suspended until he should be of opinion that the service would not suffer by the measure and on a full inquiry afterwards made into their conduct they were acquitted of all blame in a letter of st clair to the commander-in-chief stating his motives for evacuating ticonderoga he represented the strength of his garrison including nine hundred militia who would consent to stay but a few days at only three thousand effective rank-and-file many of whom were without bayonets the lines required ten thousand to man them properly he also affirmed that his supply of provisions was sufficient for only twenty days and that the works on the ticonderoga side were incomplete with their flanks undefended he justified his having failed to call in a larger reinforcement of militia by the scarcity of provisions the supply on hand not having been procured until general schuyler had resumed the command in the department and attributed his not having evacuated the place in time to preserve his army and stores to the prevalent opinion that there was not a sufficient force in canada to attempt so hardy an enterprise and to his not being at liberty to adopt that measure but in the last necessity 
a court of inquiry justified his conduct and he retained the confidence of the commander-in-chief on learning the distressed state of the remnant of the army general washington made great exertions to repair its losses and to reinforce it the utmost industry was used to procure a supply of tents artillery and ammunition were forwarded from massachusetts the remaining troops of that state were ordered to that department and general lincoln who possessed in a high degree the confidence of the new england militia was directed to raise and command them general arnold so often distinguished for his gallantry in the field was ordered to the northern army in the hope that his presence and reputation might reanimate the troops and colonel morgan with his corps of riflemen was detached from the same service through the present dark gloom washington discerned a ray of light and already cherished the hope that much good might result from present evil the evacuation of ticonderoga and mount independence said he in a letter of the fifteenth of july to general schuyler is an event of chagrin and surprise not apprehended nor within the compass of my reasoning this stroke is severe indeed and has distressed us much but notwithstanding things at present wear a dark and gloomy aspect i hope a spirited opposition will check the progress of general burgoyne's arms and that the confidence derived from success will hurry him into measures that will in their consequences be favourable to us we should never despair our situation has before been unpromising and has changed for the better so i trust it will again if new difficulties arise we must only put forth new exertions and proportion our efforts to the exigency of the times on receiving a letter from general schuyler of the seventeenth stating the divided situation of the british army he seemed to anticipate the event which afterwards occurred and to suggest the measure in which originated that torrent of misfortune with which burgoyne was overwhelmed though our affairs he said in reply to this information have for some days past worn a dark and gloomy aspect i yet look forward to a fortunate and happy change i trust general burgoyne's army will meet sooner or later an effectual check and as i suggested before that the success he has met with will precipitate his ruin from your accounts he appears to be pursuing that line of conduct which of all others is most favourable to us i mean acting in detachment this conduct will certainly give room for enterprise on our part and expose his parties to great hazard could we be so happy as to cut one of them off though it should not exceed four five or six hundred men it would inspirit the people and do away much of their present anxiety in such an event they would lose sight of past misfortunes and urged at the same time by a regard for their own security would fly to arms and afford every aid in their power after allowing a short repose to his army general burgoyne proceeded with ardour to the remaining objects of the campaign the toils and delays which must be encountered in reaching the hudson were soon perceived he found it necessary to open wood creek and to repair the roads and bridges which schuyler had broken up such was the unavoidable delay of this difficult operation that the army did not arrive on the hudson in the neighbourhood of fort edward till the fourteenth of july at this place it was necessary again to halt in order to bring artillery provisions bateaux and other articles from fort george burgoyne approaches fort edward and schuyler retires to saratoga from thence to stillwater the time afforded by this delay had been employed by schuyler to the utmost advantage some reinforcements of continental troops had arrived from peekskill and the militia had been assembled but his strength did not yet afford a reasonable prospect of success in a contest with the enemy opposed to him on this account as burgoyne approached fort edward schuyler retired over the hudson to saratoga and soon afterwards to stillwater not far from the mouth of the mohawk at this place general lincoln who had been detached to take command of the militia assembling at manchester was ordered to rejoin him and he fortified his camp in the hope of being strong enough to defend it august fifteenth at stillwater information was obtained that burgoyne had evacuated castletown so that the only communication with ticonderoga whence nearly all his supplies were drawn was through lake george and that the garrison of that important place had been reduced to three hundred men in consequence of this intelligence the orders to general lincoln were countermanded and he was directed with the militia of massachusetts new hampshire and of the grants making as was understood a total of between two and three thousand men to place himself in the rear of the british army and cut off its communication with the lakes here too he was informed that colonel st leger 
with a large body of indians in addition to his regulars had penetrated from oswego by the way of the oneida lake and wood creek to the mohawk where he had laid siege to fort schuyler and had totally defeated general herkimer who had raised the militia of tryon county in order to relieve the fort the importance of protecting the inhabitants from the savages and of preventing a junction between st leger and burgoyne and the consequent loss of the country on the mohawk determined schuyler weak as he was to detach major-general arnold with three continental regiments to raise the siege the army was so enfeebled by this measure that its removal to a place of greater security became necessary and it was withdrawn to some islands in the confluence of the hudson and the mohawk where the camp was deemed more defensible burgoyne had now marched down the east side of the hudson and his advance parties had crossed the river and occupied the ground at saratoga st leger invests fort schuyler on the third of august after a message vaunting of his strength and demanding a surrender which was answered by a declaration that the fort would be defended to the last extremity st leger invested fort schuyler the garrison amounted to six hundred men all continental troops who were commanded by colonel gansvoort the besieging army rather exceeded fifteen hundred of whom from six to nine hundred were indians on the approach of the enemy general herkimer who commanded the militia of tryon county assembled them in considerable numbers and gave information to the garrison about eleven in the morning of the sixth of his intention to force a passage that day through the besieging army gansvert determined to favor the execution of this design by a vigorous sortie and upwards of two hundred men to be commanded by lieutenant-colonel willett were drawn out for that purpose herkimer advancing to the relief of the fort falls into an ambuscade and is defeated with loss unfortunately st leger received information the preceding day of herkimer's approach and early in the morning placed a strong party composed of regulars and indians in ambuscade on the road along which he was to march his first notice of it was given by a heavy discharge of small arms which was followed by a furious attack from the indians with their tomahawks he defended himself with resolution but was defeated with great slaughter the general and several of the field officers were wounded and many others among whom were several persons of distinction were killed or taken prisoners the loss was estimated at four hundred men the destruction was prevented from being still more complete by the very timely sortie made by lieutenant-colonel willett which checked the pursuit and recalled those engaged in it to the defence of their own camp as soon as gansvoort understood that herkimer was advancing the sortie which he had planned was made lieutenant-colonel willett fell on the camp of the besiegers and routed them at the first onset after driving them some into the woods and others over the river he returned to the fort without the loss of a man burgoyne had received early intimation of the arrival of st leger before fort schuyler and was aware of the advantage to be derived from an immediate and rapid movement down the hudson but the obstacles to his progress multiplied daily and each step produced new embarrassments not more than one-third of the horses expected from canada had arrived and schuyler had been active in removing the draft cattle of the country with unremitting exertion he had been able to transport from fort george to the hudson a distance of eighteen miles only twelve bateaux and provisions for four days in advance the defectiveness of his means to feed and his army until it should reach the abundant country below him presented an impediment to his farther progress not readily to be surmounted the difficulty of drawing supplies from fort george would increase every day with the increasing distance and the communications already endangered by a considerable body of militia assembling at white creek could be secured only by larger detachments from his army than he was in a condition to make these were strong inducements to attempt some other mode of supply colonel baum was detached to seize the magazines at pennington it was well known that large magazines of provisions for the use of the american army were collected at bennington which place was generally guarded by militia whose numbers varied from day to day the possession of these magazines would enable him to prosecute his ulterior plans without relying for supplies from lake george and he determined to seize them to try the affections of the country to complete a corps of loyalists and to mount dry Desel's dragoons were subordinate objects of the expedition lieutenant-colonel baum with five hundred europeans and a body of american loyalists was detached on this service 
to facilitate the enterprise and be ready to take advantage of its success burgoyne moved down the east side of the hudson and threw a bridge of rafts over that river for the passage of his van which took post at saratoga at the same time lieutenant-colonel breckman with his corps was advanced to batten hill in order if necessary to support colonel baum on approaching bennington baum discovered that he should have to encounter a much more considerable force than had been suspected the new hampshire militia commanded by general stark had reached that place on their way to camp and uniting with colonel warner made in the whole about two thousand men perceiving his danger baum halted about four miles from bennington and dispatched an express for a reinforcement in the meantime he strengthened his position by entrenchments lieutenant-colonel breckman was immediately ordered to his assistance but such was the state of the roads that though the distance was only twenty-four miles and his march was pressed unremittingly from eight in the morning of the fifteenth he did not reach the ground on which baum had encamped until four in the afternoon of the next day he is attacked in his entrenchments by general stark and entirely routed in the meantime general stark determined to attack him in his entrenchments so confident were the provincials belonging to this party of the attachment of the country to the royal cause that the american troops while making their dispositions for the attack were mistaken for armed friends coming to join them on discovering his error baum prepared for the contest and made a gallant defence his works however were carried by storm and great part of his detachment killed or taken prisoners a few escaped into the woods and saved themselves by flight breckman advances to baum's aid is attacked by colonel warner and defeated breckman arrived during the pursuit and obtained from the fugitives the first intelligence of the disaster which had befallen them he immediately attacked the parties of militia who were engaged in the pursuit and gained some advantage over them fortunately for the americans colonel warner came up at this critical juncture with his continental regiment and restored and continued the action until the main body of the militia reassembled and came to support him breckman in turn was compelled to retire but he maintained the engagement until dark when abandoning his artillery and baggage he saved his party under cover of the night one thousand stand of arms and nine hundred swords were taken in this battle general burgoyne represented his loss in men at about four hundred but thirty-two officers and five hundred and sixty-four privates including canadians and loyalists were made prisoners the number of the dead was not ascertained because the action with breckman had been fought in the woods and been continued for several miles the british general therefore must have included in his estimate of loss only his european troops this important success was soon followed by another of equal influence on the fate of the campaign fort schuyler had been fortified with more skill and was defended with more courage than st leger had expected his artillery made no impression on its walls and his indians who were much better pleased with obtaining plunder and scalps than besieging fortresses became intractable and manifested great disgust with the service in this temper they understood that arnold was advancing with a large body of continental troops and soon afterwards were told that burgoyne and his army had been totally defeated a report probably founded on the affair at bennington unwilling to share the misfortune of their friends they manifested a determination not to await the arrival of arnold the efforts of st leger to detain them being ineffectual many of them decamped immediately and the rest threatened to follow st leger abandons the siege of fort schuyler and retreats to ticonderoga the time for deliberation was passed the camp was broken up with indications of excessive alarm the tents were left standing and the artillery with great part of the baggage ammunition and provisions fell into the hands of the americans the retreating army was pursued by a detachment from the garrison and it was stated by deserters that the indians plundered the remaining baggage of the officers and massacred such soldiers as could not keep up with the line of march st leger returned to montreal whence he proceeded to ticonderoga with the intention of joining general burgoyne by that route the decisive victory at bennington and the retreat of st leger from fort schuyler however important in themselves were still more so in their consequences an army which had spread terror and dismay in every direction which had previously experienced no reverse of fortune was considered as already beaten and the opinion became common that the appearance of the great body of the people in arms would secure the emancipation of their country it was too an advantage of no inconsiderable importance resulting from this change of public opinion that the disaffected became timid and the wavering who had the torrent of success continued would have made a merit of contributing their aid to the victor were no longer disposed to put themselves and their fortunes in hazard 
to support an army whose fate was so uncertain the barbarities which had been perpetrated by the indians belonging to the invading armies excited still more resentment than terror as the prospect of revenge began to open their effect became the more apparent and their influence on the royal cause was the more sensibly felt because they had been indiscriminate the murder of miss mccrae the murder of miss mccrae passed through all the papers of the continent and the story being retouched by the hand of more than one master excited a peculiar degree of sensibility but there were other causes of still greater influence in producing the events which afterwards took place the last reinforcements of continental troops arrived in camp about this time and added both courage and strength to the army the harvest which had detained the northern militia upon their farms was over and general schuyler whose continued and eminent services had not exempted him from the imputation of being a traitor was succeeded by general gates who possessed a large share of the public confidence general gates takes command of the northern army when schuyler was directed by congress to resume the command of the northern department gates withdrew himself from it when the resolution passed recalling the general officers who had served in that department general washington was requested to name a successor to schuyler on his expressing a wish to decline this nomination and representing the inconvenience of removing all the general officers gates was again directed to repair thither and take the command and their resolution to recall the brigadiers was suspended until the commander-in-chief should be of opinion that it might be carried into effect with safety schuyler retained the command until the arrival of gates which was on the nineteenth of august and continued his exertions to restore the affairs of the department though he felt acutely the disgrace of being recalled in this critical and interesting state of the campaign it is said he in a letter to the commander-in-chief matter of extreme chagrin to me to be deprived of the command at a time when soon if ever we shall probably be enabled to face the enemy when we are on the point of taking ground where they must attack to a disadvantage should our force be inadequate to facing them in the field when an opportunity will in all probability occur in which i might evince that i am not what congress have too plainly insinuated by taking the command from me if error be attributable to the evacuation of ticonderoga no portion of it was committed by schuyler his removal from the command was probably severe and unjust as respected himself but perhaps wise as respected america the frontier towards the lakes was to be defended by the troops of new england and however unfounded their prejudices against him might be it was prudent to consult them notwithstanding the difficulties which multiplied around him burgoyne remained steady to his purpose the disasters at bennington and on the mohawk produced no disposition to abandon the enterprise and save his army september fourteen burgoyne encamps on the heights of saratoga it had now become necessary to recur to the slow and toilsome mode of obtaining supplies from fort george having with persevering labor collected provision for thirty days in advance he crossed the hudson on the thirteenth and fourteenth of september and encamped on the heights and plains of saratoga with a determination to decide the fate of the expedition in a general engagement general gates having been joined by all the continental troops destined for the northern department and reinforced by large bodies of militia had moved from his camp in the islands and advanced to the neighbourhood of stillwater he attacks gates at stillwater september nineteenth the bridges between the two armies having been broken down the roads being excessively bad and the country covered with wood the progress of the british army down the river was slow on the night of the seventeenth burgoyne encamped within four miles of the american army and the next day was employed in repairing the bridges between the two camps in the morning of the nineteenth he advanced in full force towards the american left morgan was immediately detached with his corps to observe the enemy and to harass his front and flanks he fell in with a picket in front of the right wing which he attacked with vivacity and drove in upon the main body pursuing with too much ardor he was met in considerable force and after a severe encounter was compelled in turn to retire in some disorder two regiments being advanced to his assistance his corps was rallied and the action became more general the americans were formed in a wood with an open field in front and invariably repulsed the british corps which attacked them but when they pursued those corps to the main body they were in turn driven back to their first ground reinforcements were continually brought up and about four in the afternoon upwards of three thousand american troops were closely engaged with the whole right wing of the british army commanded by general burgoyne in person the conflict was extremely severe and only terminated with the day at dark the americans retired to their camp and the british who had found great difficulty in maintaining their ground lay all night on their arms near the field of battle 
in this action the killed and wounded on the part of the americans were between three and four hundred among the former were colonels coburn and adams and several other valuable officers the british loss has been estimated at rather more than five hundred men each army claimed the victory and each believed itself to have beaten near the whole of the hostile army with only a part of its own force the advantage however taking all circumstances into consideration was decidedly with the americans in a conflict which nearly consumed the day they found themselves at least equal to their antagonists in every quarter they had acted on the offensive and after an encounter for several hours had not lost an inch of ground they had not been driven from the field but had retired from it at the close of day to the camp from which they had marched to battle their object which was to check the advancing enemy had been obtained while that of the british general had failed in the actual state of things to fight without being beaten was on their part victory while on the part of the british to fight without a decisive victory was defeat the indians who found themselves beaten in the woods by morgan and restrained from scalping and plundering the unarmed by burgoyne who saw before them the prospect of hard fighting without profit grew tired of the service and deserted in great numbers the canadians and provincials were not much more faithful and burgoyne soon perceived that his hopes must rest almost entirely on his european troops with reason therefore this action was celebrated throughout the united states as a victory and considered as the precursor of the total ruin of the invading army the utmost exultation was displayed and the militia were stimulated to fly to arms and complete the work so happily begun general lincoln in conformity with directions which have been stated had assembled a considerable body of new england militia in the rear of burgoyne from which he drew three parties of about five hundred men each one of these was detached under the command of colonel brown to the north end of lake george principally to relieve a number of prisoners who were confined there but with orders to push his success should he be fortunate as far as prudence would admit colonel johnson at the head of another party marched towards mount independence and colonel woodbury with a third was detached to steenver to cover the retreat of both the others with the residue lincoln proceeded to the camp of gates colonel brown after marching all night arrived at the break of day on the north end of the lake where he found a small post which he carried without opposition the surprise was complete and he took possession of mount defiance mount hope the landing-place and about two hundred bateaux with the loss of only three killed and five wounded he liberated one hundred american prisoners and captured two hundred and ninety-three of the enemy this success was joyfully proclaimed through the northern states it was believed confidently that ticonderoga and mount independence were recovered and the militia were exhorted by joining their brethren in the army to ensure that event if it had not already happened the attempt on those places however failed the garrison repulsed the assailants who after a few days abandoned the siege on their return through lake george and the vessels they had captured the militia made an attack on diamond island the depot of all the stores collected at the north end of the lake being again repulsed they destroyed the vessels they had taken and returned to their former station september twenty one the day after the battle of stillwater general burgoyne took a position almost within cannon shot of the american camp fortified his right and extended his left to the river directly after taking this ground he received a letter from sir henry clinton informing him that he should attack fort montgomery about the twentieth of september the messenger returned with information that burgoyne was in extreme difficulty and would endeavor to wait for aid until the twelfth of october both armies retained their position until the seventh of october burgoyne in the hope of being relieved by sir henry clinton and gates in the confidence of growing stronger every day october seventh having received no farther intelligence from sir henry and being reduced to the necessity of diminishing the ration issued to his soldiers the british general determined to make one more trial of strength with his adversary in execution of this determination he drew out on his right fifteen hundred choice troops whom he commanded in person assisted by general phillips rigesell and fraser the right wing was formed within three-quarters of a mile of the left of the american camp and a corps of rangers indians and provincials was pushed on through secret paths to show themselves in its rear and excite alarm in that quarter these movements were perceived by general gates who determined to attack their left and at the same time to fall on their right flank poor's brigade and some regimentals from new hampshire were ordered to meet them in front while morgan with his rifle corps made a circuit unperceived and seized a very advantageous height covered with wood on their right as soon as it was supposed that morgan had gained the ground he intended to occupy the attack was made in front and on the left in great force at this critical moment morgan poured in a deadly and incessant fire on the front and right flank while the british right wing was thus closely pressed in front and on its flank a distinct division of the american troops was ordered to intercept its retreat to camp 
and to separate it from the residue of the army burgoyne perceived the danger of his situation and ordered the light infantry under general fraser with part of the twenty fourth regiment to form a second line in order to cover the light infantry of the right and secure retreat while this movement was in progress the left of the british right was forced from its ground and the light infantry was ordered to its aid in the attempt to execute this order they were attacked by the rifle corps with great effect and fraser was mortally wounded overpowered by numbers and pressed on all sides by a superior weight of fire burgoyne with great difficulty and with the loss of his field pieces and great part of his artillery corps regained his camp the americans followed close in his rear and assaulted his works throughout their whole extent towards the close of the day the entrenchments were forced on their right and general arnold with a few men actually entered their works but his horse being killed under him and himself wounded the troops were forced out of them and it being nearly dark they desisted from the assault the left of arnold's division was still more successful jackson's regiment of massachusetts then led by lieutenant-colonel brooks turned the right of the encampment and stormed the works occupied by the german reserve lieutenant-colonel breckman who commanded in them was killed and the works were carried the orders given by burgoyne to recover them were not executed and brooks maintained the ground he had gained darkness put an end to the action and the americans lay all night with their arms in their hands about half a mile from the british lines ready to renew the assault with the return of day the advantage they had gained was decisive they had taken several pieces of artillery killed a great number of men made upwards of two hundred prisoners among whom were several officers of distinction and had penetrated the lines in a part which exposed the whole to considerable danger unwilling to risk the events of the next day on the same ground burgoyne changed his position in the course of the night and drew his whole army into a strong camp on the river heights extending his right up the river this movement extricated him from the danger of being attacked the ensuing morning by an enemy already in possession of part of his works october eighth general gates perceived the strength of this position and was not disposed to hazard an assault aware of the critical situation of his adversary he detached a party higher up the hudson for the purpose of intercepting the british army on its retreat while strong corps were posted on the other side of the river to guard its passage retreats to saratoga this movement compelled burgoyne again to change his position and to retire to saratoga about nine at night the retreat was commenced and was effected with the loss of his hospital containing about three hundred sick and of several bateaux laden with provision and baggage on reaching the ground to be occupied he found a strong corps already entrenched on the opposite side of the river prepared to dispute its passage october tenth from saratoga burgoyne detached a company of artificers under a strong escort to repair the roads and bridges towards fort edward scarcely had this detachment moved when the americans appeared in force on the heights south of saratoga creek and made dispositions which excited the apprehension of a design to cross it and attack his camp the europeans escorting the artificers were recalled and a provincial corps employed in the same service being attacked by a small party ran away and left the workmen to shift for themselves no hope of repairing the roads remaining it became impossible to move the baggage and artillery the british army was now almost completely environed by a superior force no means remained of extricating itself from difficulties and dangers which were continually increasing but fording a river on the opposite bank of which a formidable body of troops was already posted and then escaping to fort george through roads impassable by artillery or wagons while its rear was closely pressed by a victorious enemy a council of general officers called to deliberate on their situation took the bold resolution to abandon everything but their arms and such provisions as the soldiers could carry and by a forced march in the night up the river to extricate themselves from the american army and crossing at fort edward or at a ford above it to press on to fort george gates had foreseen this movement and had prepared for it in addition to placing strong guards at the fords of the hudson he had formed an entrenched camp on the high grounds between fort edward and fort george the scouts sent to examine the route returned with this information and the plan was abandoned as impracticable nothing could be more hopeless than the condition of the british army or more desperate than that of their general as described by himself in his letter to lord george german secretary of state for american affairs he says a series of hard toil incessant effort stubborn action until disabled in the collateral branches of the army by the total defection of the indians the desertion or timidity of the canadians and provincials some individuals excepted disappointed in the last hope of any cooperation from other armies the regular troops reduced by losses from the best parts to three thousand five hundred fighting men not two thousand of which were british only three days provisions upon short allowance in store invested by an army of sixteen thousand men and no appearance of retreat remaining i called into council all the generals field officers and captains commanding corps and by their unanimous concurrence and advice i was induced to open a treaty 
with major-general gates a treaty was opened with a general proposition stating the willingness of the british general to spare the further effusion of blood provided a negotiation could be effected on honourable terms surrender of the army under burgoyne october seventeenth this proposition was answered by a demand that the whole army should ground their arms in their encampment and surrender themselves prisoners of war this demand was instantly rejected with a declaration that if general gates designed to insist on it the negotiation must immediately break off and hostilities recommence on receiving this decided answer gates receded from the rigorous terms at first proposed and a convention was signed in which it was agreed that the british army after marching out of their encampment with all the honours of war should lay down their arms and not serve against the united states till exchanged they were not to be detained in captivity but to be permitted to embark for england the situation of the armies considered these terms were highly honourable to the british general and favourable to his nation they were probably more advantageous than would have been granted by general gates had he entertained no apprehension from sir henry clinton who was at length making the promised diversion on the north river up which he had penetrated as far as Esopus. the drafts made from peekskill for both armies had left that post in a situation to require the aid of militia for its security the requisitions of general putman were complied with but the attack upon them being delayed the militia who were anxious to see their farms became impatient many deserted and general putman was induced to discharge the residue governor clinton immediately ordered out half the militia of new york with assurances that they should be relieved in one month by the other half this order was executed so slowly that the forts were carried before the militia were in the field great pains had been taken and much labour employed to render this position which is naturally strong still more secure the principal defences were forts montgomery and clinton they had been constructed on the western bank of the hudson on very high ground extremely difficult of access and were separated from each other by a small creek which runs from the mountains into the river these forts were too much elevated to be battered from the water and the hills on which they stood were too steep to be ascended by troops landing at the foot of them the mountains which commence five or six miles below them are so high and rugged the defiles through which the roads leading to them pass so narrow and so commanded by the heights on both sides that the approaches to them are extremely difficult and dangerous to prevent ships from passing the forts chevaux de frise had been sunk into the river and a boom extended from bank to bank which was covered with immense chains stretched at some distance in its front these works were defended by the guns of the forts and by a frigate and galleries stationed above them capable of opposing with an equal fire in front any force which might attack them by water from below fort independence is four or five miles below forts montgomery and clinton and on the opposite side of the river on a high point of land and fort constitution is rather more than six miles above them on an island near the eastern shore peekskill the general headquarters of the officer commanding at the station is just below fort independence and on the same side of the river the garrisons have been reduced to about six hundred men and the whole force under general putnam did not much exceed two thousand yet this force though far inferior to that which general washington had ordered to be retained at the station was if properly applied more than competent to the defence of the forts against any numbers which could be spared from new york to ensure success to the enterprise it was necessary to draw the attention of putnam from the real object and to storm the works before the garrisons could be aided by his army this sir henry clinton accomplished october sixth between three and four thousand men embarked at new york and landed on the fifth of october at verplanck's point on the east side of the hudson a short distance below peekskill upon which general putnam retired to the heights in his rear on the evening of the same day a part of these troops re-embarked and the fleet moved up the river to peekskill neck in order to mass king's ferry which was below them the next morning at break of day the troops destined for the enterprise landed on the west side of stony point and commenced their march through the mountains into the rear of forts clinton and montgomery this disembarkation was observed but the morning was so foggy that the numbers could not be distinguished and a large fire which was afterwards perceived at the landing-place suggested the idea that the sole object of the party on the shore was the burning of some storehouses in the meantime the manoeuvres of the vessels and the appearance of a small detachment left at their planks point persuaded general putnam that the meditated attack was on fort independence forts montgomery and clinton taken by the british his whole attention was directed to this object and the real designs of the enemy were not suspected until a heavy firing from the other side of the river announced the assault on forts clinton and montgomery five hundred men were instantly detached to reinforce the garrisons of those places but before this attachment could cross the river the forts were in possession of the british having left a battalion at the pass of thunder hill to keep up a communication sir henry clinton had formed his army into two divisions one of which consisting 
of nine hundred men commanded by lieutenant colonel campbell made a circuit by the forest of dean in order to fall on the back of fort montgomery while the other consisting of twelve hundred men commanded by general vaughan and accompanied by sir henry clinton in person advanced slowly against fort clinton both posts were assaulted about five in the afternoon the works were defended with resolution and were maintained until dark when the lines being too extensive to be completely manned the assailants entered them in different places the defence being no longer possible some of the garrison were made prisoners while their better knowledge of the country enabled others to escape governor clinton passed the river in a boat and general james clinton though wounded in the thigh by a bayonet also made his escape lieutenant-colonels livingston and brune and majors hamilton and logan were among the prisoners the loss sustained by the garrisons was about two hundred and fifty men that of the assailants was stated by sir h clinton at less than two hundred among the killed were lieutenant-colonel campbell and two other field officers peekskill together with forts independence and constitution evacuated by the americans as the boom and chains drawn across the river could no longer be defended the continental frigates and galleys lying above them were burnt to prevent their falling into the hands of the enemy fort independence and fort constitution were evacuated the next day and putnam retreated to fishkill general vaughan after burning continental village where stores to a considerable amount had been deposited proceeded at the head of a strong detachment up the river to isopus which he also destroyed october eight general putnam whose army had been augmented by reinforcements of militia to six thousand men detached general parsons with two thousand to repossess himself of peekskill and of the passes in the highlands while with the residue he watched the progress of the enemy up the river the want of heavy artillery prevented his annoying their ships in the hudson on the capitulation of burgoyne near five thousand men had been detached by gates to his aid before their arrival general vaughan had returned to new york whence a reinforcement to general howe was then about to sail great as was the injury sustained by the united states from this enterprise great britain derived from it no solid advantage it was undertaken at too late a period to save burgoyne and though the passes in the highlands were acquired they could not be retained the british had reduced to ashes every village and almost every house within their power but this wanton and useless destruction served to irritate without tending to subdue a keenness was given to the resentment of the injured which outlasted the contest between the two nations the army which surrendered at saratoga exceeded five thousand men on marching from ticonderoga it was estimated at nine thousand in addition to this great military force the british lost and the americans acquired a fine train of artillery seven thousand stand of excellent arms clothing for seven thousand recruits with tents and other military stores to a considerable amount the thanks of congress were voted to general gates and his army and a medal of gold in commemoration of this great event was ordered to be struck and presented to him by the president in the name of the united states colonel wilkinson his adjutant-general whom he strongly recommended was appointed brigadier-general by brevet the saratoga battle monument schuylerville new york nothing bespeaks more strongly the consummate tragedy of benedict arnold's career and the battle monument which rises on the banks of the hudson to commemorate the victory of saratoga in the square shaft are four high gothic arches and in these are placed heroic statues of the generals who won the victory horatio gates unworthy though he was stands there in bronze the gallant scholar the intrepid morgan honor the other two but where is he whose valor turned back the advancing saint leger whose prompt decision saved the continental position at bemis heights whose military genius truly gained the day a vacant niche empty as england's rewards void as his own life speaks more eloquently than words more stronger than condemnation more pitifully than tears of a mighty career blighted by treason and hurled into the bottomless pit of despair this is america's way of honouring arnaud in his dishonour from the real america in romance in the opinion that the british would not immediately abandon the passes in the highlands congress ordered putnam to join general washington with a reinforcement not exceeding two thousand five hundred men and directed gates to take command of the army on the hudson with unlimited powers to call for aids of militia from the new england states as well as from new york and new jersey a proposition to authorize the commander-in-chief after consulting with general gates and governor clinton to increase the detachment designed to strengthen his army if he should then be of opinion that it might be done without endangering the objects to be accomplished by gates was seriously opposed an attempt was made to amend this proposition so as to make the increase of the reinforcement to depend on the assent of gates and clinton but this amendment was lost by a considerable majority and the original resolution was carried these proceedings were attended with no other consequences than to excite some degree of attention to the state of parties ticonderoga and mount independence evacuated by the enemy soon after the capitulation of burgoyne ticonderoga and mount independence were evacuated and the garrison retired to isle aux noix and st john's 
the effect produced by this event on the british cabinet and nation was great and immediate it seemed to remove the delusive hopes of conquest with which they had been flattered and suddenly to display the mass of resistance which must yet be encountered previous to the reception of this disastrous intelligence the employment of savages in the war had been the subject of severe animadversion parliament was assembled on the twentieth of november and as usual addresses were proposed in answer to the speech from the throne entirely approving the conduct of the administration in the house of lords the earl of chatham moved to amend the address by introducing a clause recommending to his majesty an immediate cessation of hostilities and the commencement of a treaty of conciliation to restore peace and liberty to america strength and happiness to england security and permanent prosperity to both countries in the course of the very animated observations made by this extraordinary man in support of his motion he said but my lords who is the man that in addition to the disgraces and mischiefs of war has dared to authorize and associate to our arms the tomahawk and scalping knife of the savage to call into civilized alliance the wild and inhuman inhabitant of the woods to delegate to the merciless indian the defence of disputed rights and to wage the horrors of his barbarous war against our brethren my lords these enormities cry aloud for redress and punishment unless thoroughly done away they will be a stain on the national character it is not the least of our national misfortunes that the strength and character of our army are thus impaired familiarized to the horrid scenes of savage cruelty it can no longer boast of the noble and generous principles which dignify a soldier no longer sympathize with the dignity of the royal banner nor feel the pride pomp and circumstance of glorious war that makes ambition virtue what makes ambition virtue the sense of honor but is this sense of honor consistent with the spirit of plunder or the practice of murder can it flow from mercenary motives or can it prompt to cruel deeds the conduct of administration however received the full approbation of large majorities but the triumph these victories in parliament afforded them was of short duration the disastrous issue of an expedition from which the most sanguine expectations had been formed was soon known and the mortification it produced was extreme a reluctant confession of the calamity was made by the minister and a desire to restore peace on any terms consistent with the integrity of the empire found its way into the cabinet End of chapter ten